It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Diller. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're reviewing the She-Hulk series. All nine episodes, Mike, are now out in the open. Nine. Don't be confused, because some seasons have eight. Mm -hmm. Some have had six. If you're watching uh, House of the Dragon, there's ten episodes, and... Yeah. Brings a Power had eight, and yeah, yeah. what uh, else old, was old airing that, right uh, now? <laughs> uh, Great British Baking Show has about, you know, a baker's dozen. I think they dozen. have ten. Andor oh. has... Uh, I caught that, Chris. Don't yeah, worry. Thank, yeah, thank you. What, uh, what, Andor's got like a dozen? 14 or something. It's like a I dozen, know. yeah. I think, it's, I think it's 12, so... I can't keep track of it. Yeah. So, yeah, long story short, we, 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 we watched all She-Hawk. <laughs> we got it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, early, uh, news early this week, Marvel delays some of their big releases, um, mm-hmm. their bigger movies delayed, so we'll talk about what that ha- means, what happened, and what uh, what the new dates are. Uh, Black Adam is in theaters this week. I keep forgetting about this. Um, <laughs> no offense to Black Adam, I just keep forgetting about it. It is in theaters this week, so uh, we'll talk about what that means here in a little bit and more. Yes. And me and Chris, we did something. Mm-hmm. We we moved uh, coincidentally halfway through spooky season and decided to celebrate it with yep. a film franchise. I think we teased last week, known as Hellraiser, yes. uh, often known as like the Pinhead movie. Yeah. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, you've seen the visual yeah. of it before. It's just a bald, pale dude with nails in his face. And, and guess what? You know just about as much as we do. yeah so it's just kind of funny when this stuff happens because we just kind of put the vibes out into the world that like oh yeah thinking about watching hellraiser then all of a sudden we're texting each other and we're coincidentally watching it at the same time Mm -hmm. uh with both of them i believe right with with no prior (laughs) planning at all um so the first film uh hellraiser came out in 1987 and the newest uh remake reboot refresh whatever word you want to call it Requel uh, came out this year, 2022, uh, on Hulu. So there's a million of them in between. Chris, you were letting yeah. me know that there's there, 11. It, there's a few of them that are made just strictly mm-hmm. to keep the rights at yes. the the studio. So I was kind of scrolling through IMDb, like kind of reading the synopsises and looking at some of the screenshots of some of the films in between. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm kind of curious about a couple of them. But I think what I would prefer, and it probably exists out there, is I just want to go on YouTube and just find somebody that's kind of done maybe a video essay on all of them to save myself a lot of time. Because, I mean, 11 movies, that's that's too much. I I think, (laughs) to me, I don't even care about the movies. Show me the different Hellraisers and what 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 they do uh, that's what i want to know i want to i want like a like a i guess a rundown of like here's the different hellraisers from the first one and here's the or cenobites they're cenobites not hellraisers here's the cenobites from the first one the second one the third one and here's what they all mean and do or whatever their abilities i would love to just kind of go through that uh yeah more than so how, how so how about this i'll i'll recap the first one here just real quick mm-hmm. you recap the second one yes. Uh, and then we'll just go about our merry yeah. way and talk about superheroes after we'll get, that. Yeah, we'll get in some good stuff. All right. 
Go for it. Yes. Tell us Hellraiser. So the first, first Hellraiser in 1987 feels very rooted in the 80s, which kind of adds a little bit of charm to it. I feel like the advantage of being born in the late 80s is you were you know, way too young to be able to watch anything slightly mature from the 80s. So now I feel like when I go back and revisit these things, kind of a la the Predator films when I talked about them uh, in previous weeks, it's just kind of a fun nostalgia trip for something you've never seen before. So Hellraiser feels a little similar uh, in a way where you get to see a lot of like practical special effects, lots of makeup, lots of like stop motion, time ramping, you know, similar effects to when the um, bad guy's face melts in Indiana Jones. You're kind of getting reverse effects of a guy who regenerates from the floorboards in a scene. So I enjoyed all of uh, all of that. But it does feel very much like a spooky movie that's set into the 80s where things start a little slow. It's very dramatic. But I was before actually... You- I would say yeah, before you, you jump know. into that, it feels to me very parallel to the Beetlejuice movie of the 80s, right? Um, these people move into a new house, and none of the creepy stuff happens until like later in the movie. And I was mm-hmm. like, there's like a huge parallel. But I love watching Beetlejuice. But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was like, there's yeah, just a no. huge parallel there with that 80s, like new house, everything's creepy here kind of vibe. Yeah, but when it comes to the the humans and characters in the in the in the movie, it revolves around uh, a woman who cheated on her husband on her wedding day with his brother. So you flash forward to the future. This brother is now into the occult, as you would say, and he finds this mysterious puzzle box. And when you open the puzzle box, you are basically chosen by these demonoid slash angel creatures called the Centobites. So no, uh, there's which... no T. There's only one T. Cenobite. Uh, Cenobite? Uh, well, I, I, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm close to saying like Cenostics every time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll take a Cenostics. No... <laughs> I like the Cenostics. Let's do that one. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the creatures are actually kind of interesting at face value, depending on ever how much face you see of theirs. But they kind of have this interesting motivation where I feel like usually in a scary movie when you're presented with a demon, right? The demon just wants to kill you. It wants to torture you. It wants to scare you. It wants to dominate you, eat you whatever right but these demons I, I i find them more interesting because they actually want to traverse the experience of human pain and pleasure kind of whether you like it or not so they almost are thinking they're doing you a favor by you know ripping things off of you or putting things into you uh you so you get to kind of get extra fear out of the fact that they feel like you want this in a way so that kind of adds an extra level to these characters but this being the first film in the franchise you don't get a whole lot of Cenobites uh, in this film they don't show up until about the third act but I think they look pretty cool right especially trying mm-hmm. to put your head back in the 80s right when um, everything was practical effects yeah. so you're having literal physical objects kind of like peeling you get really close camera shots when these hooks supposedly go into flesh but really they're just probably going into painted latex but you know it still feels very visceral so um there's a a, another standout moment outside of the guy that regenerates through the floorboards of where this kind of woman gets trapped in like this demon next world hallway and this creature runs at her 
from down the hallway and you yeah. can tell it's like a dude in like a rubber suit on the top half and then the bottom half is this kind of like animatronic worm and it's using its hands around the, the narrow hallway to like crawl after her but at the very beginning of the shot if you if you have an eagle eye you can kind of see the bicycle wheel that it's sitting on top of as they kind of use it to probably like push cart it down the hallway after her so I don't know I find all that stuff really really charming so I say I could recommend mm. the first Hellraiser you know if you're kind of into that kind of uh, like practical practical effects filmmaking if you kind of want to see the the history of you know scary movies kind of playing out but I, I don't think this would be an easy recommendation yeah. I would be like hey it's Halloween why don't you just go throw on Hellraiser it's kind yeah. of intense and it's a little bit of effort to watch it but I would say over, overall I got more out of it than I didn't so uh, and then of course you know after you watch the first one well, you gotta roll on over to the new one. Yeah, right? so the new one shares the same name, uh, released on Hulu. Uh, but I, you know, honestly, it feels like it's in the same universe, right? Uh, for this, it's just you know a modern iteration of this the story because the whole idea is there's a puzzle box, and if you open this puzzle box, uh, in the original Hellraisers, you you summon these Cenobites, and in this one, if you open the puzzle box, it will stab you, and any bit of blood makes you the target for the Cenobites, no matter where you are. So you can't get away from them um and in this one you have essentially a a recovering addict uh and her her boyfriend who happened upon the box during during a heist they're trying to get some money to to uh, get themselves up off the ground i guess and you know from here it, it kind of goes along with this this girl her name i believe it's, it's riley right uh, in both of them mm-hmm. the, the character in yeah. both of them i believe is riley um her brother ends up getting stabbed by the box and then the whole point of this is her her brother's boyfriend, her boyfriend, and her brother's roommate all trying to figure out, you know, how to bring him back. Where did he go? He just kind of disappeared. And uh, it leads you into the story of, I, I forget the guy's name, um, who actually, uh, the the main villain in this. But he opened the box up, what, 20 years ago? 10 years ago or something like that? Five? I forget what the, how many, much time had passed. Um, and he, if you open the box and this one through different configurations, I think there's six or seven, you get to talk with Leviathan, the God of the Cenobites the, the himself, and they will wish you one of the items. I think it's just like, there's like a sensation, a resurrection, power, um, life knowledge and a couple, knowledge well. and life is, is the other ones. Uh, so, you know, if you open the final box, the God will give you, uh, one of these things and, and and honestly, yeah. uh, they have like a six twisted sense of humor about it. So like you know, like when you wish for a genie yeah. and the genie twisted it, on you. It's ve- yeah, it's very much a monkey paw situation. Yeah. yeah. So he wished for for sensation uh, because he had money. He's like, I I can buy anything the world. I just want you know to feel. And then they end up with this, like it looks like an accordion who pulls on his nerves in his body, which was kind of yeah. It was a, it was weird. a freaky idea for sure. And I would applaud them for I would say the interesting prop design too. Because the object that's like embedded in this guy's body, it's not like anything I'd really seen before. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like that shiny golden brass look, but you know, it doesn't really look like something like you'd see like the maniac from like Saw make, right? It almost has like an elegance to it. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. The prop designer did a pretty good job there. Yeah. And and it's embedded in his body. Uh, And then, um, you know, the, the... The interesting part about, I guess this one and the first one, is if you are, you know, if you get cut by the box and you become the target of the box, you can pick another, I guess, victim for the Cenobites to take, right? 
and and we kind of get to see this. Uh, this guy has built a, a, a mansion. The, the the guy with the the who opened us that prevents the gods and Cenobites from coming into it. And Mike, we we hadn't figured this out how yet because yeah. there's no special metal. There's no special. Is it the design? Is it the patterns yeah, it's, or, or it's what? kind of? Yeah, I would say the biggest flaw. I mean, I didn't really like this movie. I'll just cut yeah. to the chase. I wasn't a big fan of the Hellraiser reboot. It just felt very like dour unexciting and mm. you know the characters carry the proverbial idiot ball whenever it's uh whenever it's necessary mm-hmm. like they show these cenobites being incredibly slow right and all you have to do is just nick somebody a little bit with this box right and you can kill one of the cenobites coming after you you don't have to like gore them with it just a little poke and right and they're dead they follow the rules of the box right so all she has to do at the very very end is stab the blind one yes there's a blind cenobite that is like his face is covered with flesh like she all she had to she could have just thrown the box at it and there was like a pretty good chance that the blade hanging off of it would have just like scratched it and it would have been done and over with but like no she's running away from it and she just like runs into like a random column and drops it it drops it like the opposite direction of what anyone would know where it was yes and it was weird and beyond frustrating one really interesting thing about these demons is they are pros at kind of appearing out of nowhere Mm -hmm. like the the previous the the original movie and this one does pretty cool shots where a character will just kind of be in an innocuous space and all of a sudden a seam will appear in a wall it'll open up and it's like a it's like a hallway to hell right so they have already shown that these characters can appear wherever they want to appear but uh oh not in this mansion they literally can't walk can't through walk a gate yeah. even though they it, have the ability to make chains appear out of thin air so yeah it was it, a little silly and Un- unsurprising when you told me that David Goyer was involved. Da- David Goyer, right, yeah. So once I saw it, like, oh, we're in for like something that's like full of, there's magic blood involved at some point in this, right? Uh, but it's apparently it's everyone's blood is magical, and mm. the the whole point of this, it, it just feels non, I guess not creative, right? Um, you you did bring up that this this these is very brutal. It's about body body horror is the way this works. At one point, a lady does get pins through her throat. Um, and then it actually does the camera in her throat as she's screaming, and I I agree like that that was pretty cool. Uh, that's that's interesting. That's a new take on it. But other than that, everything else was just very bland, right? Like it's like yeah, yeah. I, I I know where this is going. I know what's gonna happen. There's no surprise here. Uh, yeah. I do movie. I do have to say I I did kind of look online and kind of to see maybe how some of like the horror community was responding to this film. And I think ideally this film is just not for us because I yeah. saw some people saying that they really liked this, one of the yeah. better kind of horror gore movies that they've seen in a while and they thought it was, you know, pretty good adaptation of what Hellraiser had has been yeah. in the past and, so if, if you are yeah. into this this might be a good time but uh yeah, yeah it is a weird <laughs> if, franchise that we dipped into this week Chris. if you if you have five uh hellraiser movies that just sucked and shit the bed right like you probably like oh my god finally a good one uh if it's just mm-hmm. mediocre so totally understand that i i would also give them props for the design and the character designs in this as well i think um nothing really felt cg right everything felt latexy and like actual like models like on the people like you know there's like the 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 woman who has like her throat like splayed open right with like the the arc across her head i'm like these designs feel pretty good they feel like it's so good it's so funny because 
if you had no idea what we were talking about and just listening us to describe <laughs> the movie, like you would think, oh my god, this is horrific. This must just be the most brutal th- thing no. to put on screen. But when it's in front of the camera, it's just kind of it's almost innocuous, right? Yeah. You like the the most brutal thing. Like I think the single most brutal thing in the movie is the very very last shot. And I guess I, I won't spoil it for anybody, mm-hmm. but you kind of get to see, I would say, the birth of a Cenobite, yeah. right? So it, it is pretty it is pretty brutal, but also at the same time, it's just like, uh, maybe some of this should have been a little bit earlier in the movie, yeah. maybe not save it for the very final scene, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this is necessarily my it, uh, cup of tea, but I, yep. I feel like I've expanded my horizons yeah. at the yeah. very least, we, which is what any Cinebite would want out of yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're Cinephiles, not Cinebites, Mike. Mm. We, and we got it wrong the whole time. But uh, Hellraiser, it's it's on Hulu. I believe the first Hellraiser is also on Hulu as well, Mike? Or? Uh, first Hellraiser was Amazon, Amazon. Prime. Okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. in the days of streaming, you're good... Good luck finding where it is, but there it is. <laughs> um, last night, I um, was able to pop in my copy of Man-Thing from 2005, Mike, from the Sci-Fi Channel, finally. Again. Mm. I'm like, ooh, we just got Werewolf by Night with Man-Thing. Let's, let's, let's go back and revisit this. Maybe there's some, some charm in it. Uh, and let me tell you what, Mike, there is not a single bit of charm in this <laughs> goddamn movie. Oh, no. It is awful uh like i and i you know listening to interviews like um i went i went and kind of dove into this apparently when they started making this movie in 2004 with new line cinema they did this in the the first punisher with thomas jane but Uh apparently they they had they made this uh, physical man thing for reference on set and then the studio was like we're not going to use it we're going to cgi over it we're going to cgi over it and then they started cutting budgets and then finally like Actually, we're not going to CGI over it. So anything you've shot will already be this man thing kind of dude. And it's just, it's, 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 the characters suck. Uh, they're not fun to be around. They're this, you know, uh, unabashedly, f- like, stereotypical, like, swamp people kind of vibes to them, right? Mm-hmm. To a lot of them. Um, the main guy, his haircut or hairline is freaking me out. I don't know what's up with his hairline. <laughs> if it's a wig, if he's natural that way, but I could not stop looking at that thing. And, you know, he's the new sheriff in town and it, it's just not fun. The man thing, he doesn't do any, I, I, I actually dipped out 10 minutes before it was over. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't finish this. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> uh, but he didn't do any of the, like the burning thing that he did in the new one, which is like his mm-hmm. like typical power. They just cut to people who have like branches and stuff like grass like trees and swamp sticks coming out of them and they're they don't mm-hmm. show it so it's just like it's not even that good of a horror movie so i, I mean i can't i can't in good faith even if this is on tubi i believe you can even watch it on youtube don't don't watch this do yourself <laughs> a favor and just skip this because i i had like you know i guess a, a fondness of it because i'm like oh this is old marvel right this is sci-fi mm-hmm. channel marvel no no i'm i i, I must have been lying to myself because it is not fun <laughs> at all so cannot recommend that one thing i will go on the other side and say i recommend the rings of power mike i know you've not finished it so i cannot spoil this series for yes don't spoil it right here please but um this last this whole season uh the whole show has been fantastic to watch lots of surprises lots of things um you kind of get the conversation going my wife and i were talking you know throughout it you know um i i you you know this mike the big question is who is sauron in this in Mm -hmm. the show right who is he what what why is he here it's so much fun to watch this. I love the the sets. Like I, I talk about how real this feels, how it feels like the original Lord of the Rings more than the Hobbit movies. It keeps mm-hmm. feeling like that through and through. I'm, I'm very excited. The actors, they're all really good at what they're doing in this. 
I did notice um, early on, Mike, you, I know where you are. There is, um, have you come across the um, the guy they call Adar, the, the, the father? Dude. What do they, do? what's what's this person do? Uh, Give he, me their he, role in the he show. Lead, he leads the orcs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was like, that guy looks familiar. Is he the is he the uncle from Game of Thrones? He is. He's the Uncle Benjen from Game of Thrones who plays like a, a very pale, inhuman looking dude in that one as well. Uh, so like, mm. I was like, he's oh. Been ty- he's been typecast. <laughs> he is. He is. He's crossing over here. But either way, regardless, this, this show is just phenomenal. Uh, I, I'm not much into the, you know, again, we talked about this. We're not Lord of the Rings, like hardcore. We're not reading the Silmarillions. You know, we're not doing any of these extra stuff, but like, I really had a good time with the show and I, I can't recommend enough. If you're into um, the fantasy epic without, you know, there, there's also House of the Dragon that's also fantasy, but that's more like political fantasy. And this is non-political fantasy. This is like adventuring and Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff. So I, I mm-hmm. if you've if you've not had a chance to watch yet, the entire season uh, is out on Amazon Prime right now. So you can get through there and just binge through it real quick. Some of these are like 70 minute episodes. So uh, really, really fulfilling on the link there. So I, I, yeah. I have to sit there and recommend that. Yeah, for just like dollar to budget to reasons like you would be you would be missing out i it almost feels like you're um you're taking money from jeff bezos by watching this show you know like this is so expensive (laughs) yeah yeah and and like it and i um like it just it i don't know it just feels like lord of the rings and like the people who make this probably are the people who grew up watching it right like you know Mm -hmm. um our age or so so like I know that there's a, probably a lot, a lot of love and care has gone in this to not make it feel cheap, and it really comes through. So, um, kudos to Amazon Prime for you know uh, doing that. You know, I, I we also applaud them for the boys, right? I know the boys that they're filming season four mm-hmm. right now. Um, that show never feels cheap either. So, um, yeah, good for them. So, anyway, we watched some stuff. I'm hoping to catch some more spooky stuff this week, Mike. Should we dive into something else before we? Like, what should we watch? Do you think anything that we should put out into the, the ether so we accidentally watched it at the same time again? Or Oh, man. There was – so Hellraiser holds a sliver of my mind because I feel like I grew up seeing the VHS box art all mm-hmm. over the place. Like, the pinhead guy was on every cover. Oh, yeah. There there was another one. I, I don't know if I re- – maybe it was Silence of the Lambs. Is that the one that has, like, the woman that has, like, a moth, like, in her yeah, mouth yeah, yep, yep. on the cover? Yep. Okay, Silence maybe that maybe that was it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. That's a good that's a good one. Like I said, yeah, now maybe. that I said Beetlejuice, I want to watch Beetlejuice again before mm-hmm. the end of the month. Halloween Ends just came out to everyone shitting all over that. So uh, if you're <laughs> into the new Halloween franchise with Jamie Lee Curtis, you can check that out. I believe that's on is that Hulu as well? No. Peacock? Where yeah, I it's think free I think I, yeah, I think NBC Universal holds the rights yeah. to a lot of those classic horror icons. Yeah. So uh, you, you can uh, you can go check those out. So yeah, just uh, it's the season for spooky stuff. If you're watching anything cool, let us know. We want to know about it. But let's jump into the news, Mike. Let's get into this. Uh, this mm. week on Thursday, uh, you can buy your tickets uh, for Black Adam. This movie has been in the works since 2007 when The Rock first announced he was going to make it, uh, and it's actually here. Uh, they're going to put it in theaters finally. So if you've not um, got your tickets, you can get your tickets. I don't know if people are going to run to see this, but um, uh, but it will be out. So you can go check that in theaters this week. I will tell you, I woke up, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Maybe even Friday. The post credit scene, the actual someone filmed this in an early release theater or, or somewhere, and they put it online. So literally I've seen the end credit scene, Mike, already for this. Yeah. So, Bummer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I I would say so. So, but I'm excited to watch it. So that that does confirm there is a post credit scene in Black Adam. We mm-hmm. don't get a lot of those in DC movies, but I just want to go ahead, you know, do my due diligence, and let people know. Hey, you can definitely check out the post credit scene uh, for this. So I'm excited to see this, and I, like we said, Doctor Fate, right? I think he's going to be somebody I really want to see in action with Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. in this. All right, well then we'll just jump into the next news, um, the Ahsoka show, uh, which I believe. Might be our after Mandalorian, maybe our next show for Star Wars, right? I believe it's this is one probably the filming, the the most into filming, right yeah, now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know they're filming Skeleton Crew, but I don't know how far that is. Uh, but there are rumors that a Zabrak stormtrooper will appear. Zabraks are Darth Maul's race, if you uh, aren't familiar with the Clone Wars shows. Um, so the people who have like the you know, the the intricate like, so there's some are green and black, the red and black. They have the horn structure on their thing, kind of look like devils. Um, so Zabrak storm. I would love to see a Zabrak stormtrooper. So do they put holes in the stormtrooper helmets mm-hmm. for the horns to poke through, or do they mold the helmets around the horns? Yeah, that's a good. That's, that's a good question. That's the only. I mean, I think it could look cool either way. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I haven't really had a chance to to bring this up, so I'll do it here since we're talking about Star Wars because I'm slowly, I'm still slowly working my way through uh, Andor, and I'm having a great time. But on the note of stormtroopers, I think the single best thing like Andor has done so far is they've removed like stormtroopers from the equation, yeah. right? Because at the root, nobody is scared of stormtroopers. They have not intimidated anybody for decades and they only ever get made fun of for having just horrible shots right so in andor they have essentially the same type of thugs but they just put them in more kind of like i guess space cop uniforms Mm -hmm. whereas like stormtroopers are more like space infantry so these like space cops if you will uh, you can see their face. You can see them emote. It just feels more personal. It feels like they can hate more on the heroes, yeah. and they're also uh, they're more believable as as something uh, as something conflicting. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. So so yeah. So far, I'm having a great well, job in Andor. So maybe that's the answer, right? Yeah. Lean away from the stormtroopers, or if you're going to have a stormtrooper. Uh, make them scary again by yeah. giving them horns and making them well, Darth Maul exactly. on the inside. Well, and Zabrak are naturally, a lot of them are Force-sensitive naturally as well. So maybe mm. they've been chosen because they have some Force-like abilities to fight Ahsoka, right? Like, you don't just put someone in with a blaster and some thing to fight a Jedi with two lightsabers. Like, I feel like you'd get killed pretty quickly. So um, I think that would, this would be a fantastic addition. Also, Ahsoka set after um, Return of the Jedi... So, do you think that these are stormtroopers, or are they maybe their first order, um, like troopers instead? Like maybe some some early first order, uh, I guess. Hires, I mean, <laughs> hire. I, mean, I, mean, I say hires like I don't know how like joiners. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, who who yeah. who even knows? You yeah. know, the timeline just makes my yeah. brain melt. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, Soka's adult, so we're, we're yeah we we know it's in, it's in say Mandalorian because we'll say Mandalorian timeline because she was in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Rex will also make an appearance from the show. He's a fan favorite character Dave Filoni created for the Clone Wars, right? Um, he was, he worked with the, um, uh, Ahsoka and, uh, uh, I guess Anakin and Obi-Wan early on. Very, very prominent, uh, clone trooper. So glad mm-hmm. he will be showing back up. And then lastly, I just put this in here because we, we keep hearing this and we just don't have confirmation that Mar- uh, Lars Mickelson, uh, who voiced General Thrawn in the, uh, Rebel show will be doing the live action version of his character as well. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, I guess. I, 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 there's so much unknown about Star Wars right now. Like, really, they need to give us something. Because I'm dying to, to watch more Star Wars. Again, nothing against Andor. I think Andor is fantastic. But, you know, there's there's some really cool stuff coming. And, and I think they need to tease us a little bit more with it. So, um, we'll guys keep you posted as Star Wars comes out. Um, I guess the next one would be, I guess we would know Mandalorian, right? In February. So, uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll keep you guys posted if anything pops up in the interim. Uh, we're going to wrap up the rest of the show with this Marvel stuff here. And it's not a, it's not a quick episode by any means, but we, we do have a lot of Marvel stuff to wrap up. And first and foremost, we're going to jump into Nova, the character Nova, who is part of the uh, uh, the, the Nova Corps, which is, I, I'm like, why is his name Nova if he's part of the Nova Corps? <laughs> uh, but this project was, you know, we know that they're in the works. Uh, it was supposed to be a series, but it's rumored to transform into a special, special presentation style format due to the success of the werewolf by night um the reception of that has been positive uh we talked about how much we like that um i think a 50 minute episode or like one-off story that's very focused tells a great story possibly has a uh, a nice budget could do wonders instead of dragging things out for six episodes every time we want to introduce a new character yeah it does make you wonder strategically right from a streaming service because one thing i never really understood where it was it makes sense for a platform like YouTube, right, to want to increase watch time, right? Because if you increase watch time, you see more ads. But I feel like even before a lot of these streaming services introduced these like ad supported tiers, right? Mm-hmm. They're always trying to get you watch more, right? They had all these autoplays on. They wanted you to watch more episodes. They wanted you to crank through minutes. And to me, I never really understood that, right? Because to me, that's not the strategy. The strategy is just make sure they don't cancel and they stay subscribed and i don't i don't think that always equates to numbers of minutes that they watch i think it's just make sure there's always something compelling every month so they they don't you know cancel because really if you think about it you know a subscription service is you know anywhere from like 10 to 20 bucks a month if you just give me one really good show i'll pay 20 bucks to watch that show i mean Mm because that's cheaper than it would be to buy it right so basically if you kind of extrapolate that same strategy you don't need to make like a full season for nova you don't even need to make a full like two-hour movie for nova to keep me subscribed to disney plus just give me something really awesome every month and this is a title that could land in any particular month of disney plus and like it does make you i feel like we distilled werewolf by night really really well in those like 55 minutes right it really kept my attention there was never really any like uh lagging story points it just kept moving and i commend them for that and i think it's a great way to bring characters into the universe so uh yeah who knows if if a because if there was going to be like a standalone nova movie there's no way it would have just been Nova. They would have had yeah. to throw like a Guardian of the Galaxy yeah, in there, right? They would have had to yeah. throw something in there to sweeten the pot. But if you're doing it on Disney Plus with just a special presentation, it, you could get away with it just being Nova. And what's cool about this is, you know, everything you said is true. They introduced Nova in one of these, and then he shows up in another movie later, right? Like you, you, you introduce the character. Nova's great because the Nova Core. We already know about the Nova Core from Guardians One, right? Um, so it's not new. Most of their Guardians rides are based on the Nova Core, um, the mm-hmm. the Prison Breakout and the Rewind stuff. So the Nova Core is pretty set in stone, right in the MCU. Yeah. So introducing this character and how he relates to it, and how they adapt him, fantastic. So if you give him an introduction in this and then bring him into a movie later, you don't have to 
introduce spend a lot of yeah. time in that movie introducing him because he's already yeah, there. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. I know they undid the blip with the Infinity Stones, which theoretically would have brought like Xandar back, uh-huh. but. I mean, we could well, assume, right, that the Nova Corps is kind of in disarray, so, right? So, um, two things. One, the Nova Corps would not have been undone by the blip because they were destroyed when Thanos went to get the Reality Stone. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because the Asgardians didn't come back that he killed getting the, mm-hmm. um, the, the Space Stone. But that's fine. The Nova Corps, because they are police force, I assume that actually we might see them in Captain Marvel. Uh, more because I believe she was with them policing the universe in between the blip era. Like there are still some remnants of them left out there. They weren't completely wiped out, but they may be in disarray. Uh, Nova, one of the most popular storylines for him in the comic books is actually all of the Nova Corps was wiped out except one uh, helmet, which contained all of the knowledge from the world mind, which is how the Nova Corps get their power. And um, Richard Ryder from earth got that one helmet. So he was the lone uh, Nova Corps for a while with that trying to rebuild it over time. So um, there's that possible. That's a great story. They probably won't adapt it into this because I don't. I don't see them taking that on. But you know, if you wanted to introduce a Nova during the blip, right? I think that's fan. That's a good idea. You mentioned there. They're they are in disarray there. So that's a good mm-hmm. way to, to do it. And then you know how how do they rebuild it? But um, yeah, I think I think we're both in agreement here. Like you don't need a six episode series or nine or eight or twelve whatever to keep you coming back because you know there's always the possibility someone just waits until the show's done and buys a month and binges it right but if you have new Mm. fresh content keeps people talking keeps people in your ecosystem because i can see right now at the end of nova hey you watch nova do you want to watch guardians of the galaxy right oh hell yeah i want to watch guardians let's let's put that on another day um it's a fantastic model to, to keep bringing people into your streaming service or, or keep them there. And this is on the heels that there might be less full series from some of these rumored, you know, upcoming series and more one-offs. I think, A, that's a, a cost-saving measure, right, across that. Because I think a, a series is, is longer. Um, six episodes cost a lot more. But also probably is a way to keep stories from, I wouldn't say dragging out, but having, a, a, like, filler episodes or, or problematic stories because like you mentioned the the werewolf by night it just goes right boom 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 right off the bat doesn't slow down until the until it's done and then you're like okay that was pretty good so i i think this is a good good model right mm-hmm. all right moving on uh thunderbolts uh new reports continuing reports more outlets are looking to confirm harrison ford will be the new general thunderbolt ross in the upcoming mcu films uh, New World Order first, and then uh, followed by Thunderbolts. So, uh, I think this is fine. I don't think William Hurt, um, he is a great actor, but I don't think people will be upset that he's been recast, right? At Thunderbolt no, I, Ross? Yeah, I mean, the last time we brought this up, it's like, this is the best way to go, when unfortunately you lose like a seasoned actor that has been in your universe for a while. They're almost become uh, impossible to replace because we're so we're so used to them, right? Mm-hmm. So the best thing to do is you almost honor them by saying like, "Oh, we could only replace you by finding somebody that's incredibly famous, right?" Yeah. The only person that could fill your shoes is like a superstar, like Harrison Ford. It's like yeah. a compliment in a way. So yeah, I think we're all okay with that. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. This was also um, apparently has been in the works for a while, but not announced at D twenty three, so it did not steal from his Indiana Jones presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that that tracks with how you know important that presentation was, right? To to do that, so I, I think this is um, 
this is great news. I hope it's true. Will he be the Red Hulk? Probably, maybe. But I could also totally see that being a red herring, pun intended, uh, if you will, for for him. I, I just don't see Harrison Ford being a CGI actor, right? Like, he he seems too curmudgeon-y to want to do mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. So we'll keep you guys posted uh, if that comes out to be true. Um. Oh, I was gonna say this is title next. We're gonna talk about Spider Man Four, Mike Four, but No Way Home, the uh, more fun edition, is starting to hit uh, streaming services and uh, online places. So if you haven't, if you didn't go to the theaters to watch it, uh, you can now uh, find it in some streaming services. I believe it hit some other countries first, but uh, if you're a um, non-paying subscriber to Chris Flix, uh, you can you can catch that out now. <laughs> um, but uh, Anyway, Spider-Man 4, there's been a uh, some rumblings that the rumored release date for this is going to be July 12th, 2024, Mike. Uh, the continuation mm. of No Way Home. I mean, that's I feel like that's sooner than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, they'd have to start this pretty pretty soon, right? Like like to crank out a Spider-Man movie in yeah. a year and a half. Um, I mean, I guess the cuz uh, No Way Home was delayed, right? So I guess yeah. if you kind of maybe line it up to the original release date it makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. but yeah we all know sony they got to keep that spider-man machine yes. rolling no yeah. matter what <laughs> yeah and, and that's why this this movie this date right here is two weeks before thunderbolt so um you know i i think simply because it's a sony movie and not a marvel movie but this is you know they're, they're producing in association or collaboration with marvel whatever they want to call it uh, i think one of these two if either july 12th isn't going to work for spider-man or thunderbolts is going to get delayed one of the two um I just don't see them doing two movies two weeks back to back, especially because Spider Man, that's a money maker, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to hurt your your either Thunderbolts by people still going to see Spider Man or vice versa, right? So, um, I think Sony should just start copying Marvel's homework, and they should just do a their own special presentations for these like <laughs> these weird stories that they want to tell, and they yeah. just sell it directly to Netflix. Yeah. Like call it something else, call it like a. I don't know something punny with the Spider-Man name, like a a, a, a special web presentation. Mm, yes, and uh, give us the sequel to Morbius that I, way. I'd say, I would I would watch fifty-five more many minutes of a new Morbius I, story I tell you if what, I could just play it on Netflix. Let's let's, let's <laughs> take this pun to the next level, Mike. Let's just make them webisodes. Webisodes. Oh, I love. I it. think uh, you were so close. You, I was like, oh, is he going <laughs> to say it? He didn't say it. We, yeah, just put them on webisodes. Put them on Sony, saying I'll sign up. Uh, whatever I'll, you can have my email my browser history i don't care i'll watch it i'll watch your movie um but yeah so the rumor is also that this spider-man 4 will be more street level story right which is what we kind of saw at the end of no way home uh and possibly deal with the aftermath of the daredevil born again series which um, hmm. should be out by this time or wrapping up so uh, the the rumor for for born again and this is a rumor since the daredevil shows on netflix that there will be a mayor fisk like arc right where he's the mayor of new york and if spider-man's there of course there's going to be some sort of aftermath clashing but i mean um i would love to see more charlie cox with daredevil he was already in the last movie right um charlie cox yeah. is fantastic in everything he's done uh she hulk duh so uh let's get let's get that guy in more more stuff mm-hmm uh, moving on, let's talk about some delays. Uh, we got we got four Marvel movies that were just kind of. I feel like they were just announced, but like you know that was July, right? We're we're in October, um, and these have all been delayed quite a bit. So let's talk about first and foremost. 
we were going to get Blade, but Blade has suffered a setback by losing the director due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, so that has been um, pushed back from September to September 6th of 2024, Mike, when it was originally November of 2023. So almost a yeah. full year. Yeah, that's that's rough. And I mean, I feel like a lot is being held up too with Blade as well because yeah. Blade is going to usher in more of this kind of monster verse side of things so it feels like there's a lot of uh, like kind of like branching projects that just can't yeah. quite get going without blade yes and with this uh digital director leaving the delay there and they're going to be reworking the script i assume this was probably due to um a release schedule thing right where they had to re almost redo almost all of the phase four stuff because of the delays right and rescheduling so they're gonna be reworking the script a little bit i'm not too worried about it but i feel september's a pretty good month if they want to november's weird because i don't think that's too late for halloween and spooky season but september is pretty good i feel like this is actually Have a we, win in the month i don't think i think that would be our first mcu movie to drop in september right that i know of uh, yeah yeah i guess you know we always talk about how these big studios can reinvent mm -hmm. a month with, Gar with just one movie guardians right? uh, was an august release um august is usually a little slower so yeah that that end of the month yeah september's strange yeah. who knows i i wouldn't be surprised if things shift again though everything's yeah. shifted ever since covid kind of uh let the studios know like oh things won't crumble to the ground if we move a movie after we set it yeah. i feel like they're ju they're just more used to doing it now. Mm -hmm. yeah and, and that's i think um delays are fine like right you know quality over over quantity totally fine in, in this situation because you mentioned you know people can just move movies deadpool 3 was just announced like what last week maybe not even a mm -hmm. week ago with a date of september 6th of 2024 well guess what blade took that movie so now deadpool is going to to the november 8th slot of 2024 um, i mean that that's probably better for deadpool right you know yeah. you know that's a movie that's gonna bring in dollars right yeah. and november's a good month yep Thor. for that november december good time slots i feel like there's always a james bond movie that comes out in november i feel like that's like, and harry potter mm -hmm. i think sometimes it came out in december too for that one but yeah yeah no, November, I think it's had Doctor Strange's too and some other titles. Yeah, solid month for Deadpool. Yeah, and actually you, you made me think here. Shang-Chi was uh, September uh, of last year. Uh, Shang-Chi was a September oh, release. Oh, that one, I, I feel like that's an outlier though, right? They were just trying to get anything into a theater at that yeah. point in time. Any month where it was yeah, safe enough, but they were like, let it go. 100%. But I guess, they, they, I guess it showed them that, oh, September can be a month. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, it was the first only in theaters movie back. So yeah, they, they really, it uh, looks like they, they feel confident about that. So um, Deadpool 3 only pushed back two months, but for a movie that was announced literally a week ago, that's you know bold move bold move but that november 8th slot was originally the fantastic four slot so fantastic four has been pushed back to valentine's day february 14th of 2025 um mm. i think that's fine right it's 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 this is fantastic four has always been marvel's first family why not put it on valentine's day um ironically deadpool uh and i believe maybe deadpool 2 or at least deadpool 1 was on valentine's day when it first dropped yeah so that's so, true <laughs> uh, i'm really surprised they didn't flip-flop these but apparently but they must rely on each other being in this order right like yep. I, I feel like that the, the reliance is, is starting to show like we have to have blade before we have deadpool we have to have deadpool before we have fantastic four and then everyone's 
everyone's still scared of January, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the last thing here is a, is a big move. This is probably the biggest move we've seen, but probably the smartest, I would say. Uh, Avengers Secret Wars uh, has moved from November 7th, uh, 2025, all the way out to May 1st of 2026, um, mm. which adds six months to Phase 6 for Marvel, but that keeps your Avengers movies one year apart, uh, just like yeah. Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, so much for seeing an Avengers movie uh, in uh, the end of the year, right? They've yeah. pretty much been held to like late spring, early summer for, I think, all of them, if May, I remember yep. correctly. May has so been all of them, I, yeah. I guess they're they're keeping the slot going yeah. now. Yeah, and that's fine. I, you know, I think you know everyone's like, oh, they pushed it back six months. I don't think a that's a quality issue this this far out, right? Where we are still four months or four years from this, um, and honestly, I think. As much as it sucked as a person, as a fan waiting from Infinity War to Endgame, I think it made Endgame that much sweeter when we got to it a year later. Um, yeah, at least we know the title of it, right? They're not they're not withholding the title of the Avengers movie until the Super Bowl, uh, right before beforehand. So, um, I think this is fine. It gives them some time to put some more stuff in here, work on some stuff, and probably get things worked out for for Secret Wars, Mike. So. Overall, delays, but not dismays, if you will. Um, but yeah, if you want any of these release dates, by the way, when they come out, um, you can head over to SuperheroSlate.com and click Upcoming Movies and TV Releases and check all this out because I do update that the second one of these changes. Uh, you can just scroll through, look for it in red. As Mike says, what do you say, Mike? There's no ads. We just built this for ourselves. It's our own little tool that we... No pop-ups, no dumb banner ads, no subscribe to our newsletter here. This is a tool that we use that we just wanted to give to our listeners. So if you're ever confused when the next uh, big movie is supposed to be dropping that we're going to be chatting about, just head on over mm -hmm. to our upcoming releases page. Uh, it's also a cool little uh, um, archive, too, of seeing when past things came out as well. So if you want to double-check on us and make sure we're telling the facts when all those other Avengers movies came out, we have all of that on that page, too. Yeah. So, yeah, go check it out. That's true. And I'm actually going to correct Mike. We didn't build it for you. We built it for us. You just get to use it uh, yes. <laughs> because uh, we're, we're nice like that. All right. So let's wrap this show up by going into She-Hulk, Mike. I know I mean, it's not the full normal episode, but we, we have a whole season to talk about here of She-Hulk. Um, nine full episodes for this show. It has dropped. Uh, so if you've not seen it, go away, finish it, come back. Um I'd say it's bingeable. In, in hindsight, it's bingeable because they're like what twenty-five to thirty-minute episodes. Oh, yeah, like you, you could you could you could crank through this uh, really really quickly. I was chatting with a friend last night who doesn't really delve too much into the MCU, but I was like, oh, they do some fun fourth wall breaking stuff in the season finale. So if you were just curious, you know, just throw on that last episode. You can kind of see some of the fun that they do uh, mm -hmm. with those uh, wall breaks. But obviously, we're going to be talking about spoilers here for yeah. She-Hulk. So warnings flashing that big red light. Uh, siren emoji mm -hmm. uh, imagine that's just like been pasted on to the front of your eyeballs right now that's right yeah uh, or your ears but, because yeah technically you're where, probably listening where, to us yeah wherever it goes yeah uh, but i would say overall she hulk for me felt like a solid b uh show which is much better from some of the other things that i've seen on disney plus either in star wars or marvel land um uh, I felt like the jokes kept the show going for me. The humor, uh, I love Tatiana Maslany from when I was watching her in Orphan Black, so I was glad to see her around again. 
they, they run into a little bit of an issue, which I find kind of funny because it's similar to when Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man. These are like two characters that both stories are trying to desperately paint as like oh nobody wants to be with these two good looking yeah. actors so th- that was a little bit of uh, a stretch but uh overall i had a good time uh they, they they summed up the story pretty well uh in the very last episode when uh um when herself is saying to the audience this show is about me coping with what it is becoming a she-hulk and i think they earnestly tried to do that but i feel like they did lose the thread maybe a few times of what was important throughout the season which made it felt a little disconnected but i felt rewarded at Mm -hmm. the end i thought the 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 set piece was original creative it wasn't where i thought it was going to go and i had a a fun time overall now i have a new favorite character in the mcu and it's a robot and i can't wait till they turn it into a a sideshow collectible and i can put it on my desk because it's just it's just so funny i want his hat i want the i want the robot's hat i I need that (laughs) to my collection uh yeah but yeah chris overall what what did you how did you feel about the season i'd say I'm, i'm probably just a little a little higher than you um i think i think for me Knowing that they went into this show saying, you know, we are a sitcom, right? Situational comedy show. I think it delivered throughout the whole thing. And honestly, I feel like it also kind of picked up in the back half a little bit more. The first episode is fantastic, but I think one, um, and, and also, you know, obviously Wongers and um, uh, that that whole magic episode is, is great. But I think it really picked up the last two because not only do we want to see Charlie Cox's Daredevil, like I mentioned before, like, you know, pouring over him. I think the the humor, the comedy, you know, fed that through. And the last episode is something that they'll never be able to do again. Um, this is a this is a finale they will only be able to get away with once, and they will never be able to do it again. Um, by by really kind of twisting the genre, I was like, I was like, oh my god! Like I'm pouring over the footage, I'm watching all the the, the trailers. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, I we I've seen you know the abomination in the suit. We've seen. Um, you know, I, I saw a clip early on this week where Hulk was punching the abomination. I'm like, what the hell? How are they going to get all this done in 30 minutes? Uh, and lo and behold, they pulled the rug out from under us and sent us through um, the real world through the, through the Disney Disney Plus app interface, which I thought was really funny. That was, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's a real that's a real like did did it break? Did did the episode <laughs> end? The kind of thing they they really nailed that, and then kind of gone through the Marvel offices, which. I've seen video of before, and I'm like, oh, this is exactly Marvel's offices uh, <laughs> through and through to get to Kevin, which is another, you know, kind of meta, you know, th- this is a self-referential thing. They also acknowledge, you know, hey, is it is cheaper to for you to transform when you're off screen kind of thing? Thought that was really funny. Uh, mm-hmm. they, the, we could not about the X-Men question was hilarious. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think my my. I wouldn't say complain. I'm like, uh, it all wraps up kind of at a nice little bony end, but she created that ending for herself. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine. I, we, she admitted that's what she was going to do. And that's how it ended exactly how she told us it was going to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I, I think, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's been a funny show. It's had a lot of good reference. I think this show really is strength. Mike is the actors, right? The characters they've created in the show. I don't think there was a bad character in here, right? As like a main character, like a, like a, a friend of, of Jen's, like the, the, the her lawyer friends were fantastic. Um, like you get Wong, Daredevil, 
any anybody else it was just it was just a fantastic show with full of characters who I really felt brought it to life and I think without that it may not have been as good or you know as as fun as it was so yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I just I just wish there maybe would have been a stronger through line to connect mm-hmm. it all. I know that they say that they were making a sitcom, yeah. right? But it almost feels like they didn't know exactly uh, how much of a sitcom they wanted to be, right? You know, if you're watching something like New Girl, right? Uh, it's it's very episodic. You can pick up in almost any episode. Yeah, there's some connecting through lines of just like, oh, this season the character lost their job, so now they're bouncing around from different jobs, right? Or what the romance is are carrying through right but this just felt like almost uh, a, a standard show that was just missing a really strong arc going through it i know every once in a while they would try to either do like a little after credit scene or a little stinger at the end going like oh no there's somebody in the background working mysteriously but it felt a little lacking so once yep. we finally got the, the finale and like these bad guys, you know, were, you know, out in front in the, in real life, it just didn't feel very special to me that, oh, they finally cracked the case. Right. right. It all kind of felt very obvious and they didn't really lean into it all that much. But I think that just shows you the strength of the humor overall, which just yep. brought a lot of it up for the, me. It kept it entertaining yeah. and it kept me coming back to it. I think the, 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 the She-Hulk's ability, which she's had in the comics, especially the John Byrne run, which is actually pretty close to this overall it's like she literally has a fourth wall breaking and that adds so much to this right i think if she couldn't mm. do that and be, make fun of some of this stuff it wouldn't be as good um like even like the self-referential stuff quote unquote meta acknowledgements make it even make it that much funnier i think at, at the end of it uh at the day so I, I really applaud them for leaning into that and i look forward to her actually interacting with deadpool down the road and seeing how they do that uh they, that kind of yeah. comedy back and forth yeah, I would say do yourself a favor if, you know, it's, it'd be weird if you're listening to this and you haven't really watched it or you're yeah. on the fence about it. It'd be a strange selective audience. But if you have like a friend out there that's on the fence, right, and they're like, I don't know, I've been seeing a lot of stuff online. It's just, it's all hyperbole, right? Uh, I, I was curious since the show finally wrapped, you know, I went on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes to kind of see some of the audience scores. And it's just and some of the responses of people on Twitter saying it's like a zero out of 10 show or like one no, out of 10. Yeah. Like the, there's, there's acts, they, they can't look at this show through an objective lens if you're giving a rating like that. Those are the same people that are probably giving like Falcon and the Winter Soldier like 8 out of 10. I mean, come on, you got to be objective about I, this. I, I would say people, they just I, I'd actually say those people are probably not 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 happy with Falcon and Winter Soldier either. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think I think the audience that the vocal minorities for for this show literally probably haven't watched it or watched the first one and was upset that you know, um how everything is i it the show reference like the the show's villains are essentially that those people at the end of the day uh, yeah. but but like there's no like i agree with you my concern has always been with the show where is the villain what what is what is this this thing here and and while the, you know some sitcoms i would say i'd lean into the office a little bit because that's kind of fourth wall breaking um you know there were some through lines they had some heavy-handed stories I just wish they would have probably opened it up a little sooner rather than kind of push it to the back two episodes, right? Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised, you know, that Abomination wasn't the... They made him look like he was the villain, but he just was a, a paid motivational speaker at the wrong place at the mm-hmm. wrong time. I was like, oh, that's good that they actually didn't turn him into, like, running the the, the villainous things. Because I was like, hopefully he did actually learn from his his time, like, he his, his 
uh, whatever he, whatever he called it, his wellness retreat place. I was mm-hmm. glad to see that that was a true character development rather than just hey, I'm just pretending to be nice so I can steal your blood later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, overall, it was a good time. Yeah. Like Chris said, very much vocal minorities out there yeah. talking about this show. Uh, I just wish people could create space out there where we could objectively uh, mm. talk about things without being so hyperbolic, right? Obviously, we've talked about the things on this show that we've hated before, but, it, you know, it's for, you know, <laughs> real, like, I, storytelling and, reasons, not just because we have an axe to grind. And honestly, if you don't like it, totally fine. I mean, that's 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 your, as the viewer, that's your prerogative to do it. But, I mean, I think mm. this show does does a really good job telling telling the story and and. and jennifer becoming a character through this right throughout the whole thing so it, it, it was fun to watch that and, and see your characters i think you know the other thing that they they kind of swept under the rug i wouldn't say swept under, they, they just kind of left as like a little hey here's like two seconds is that you know again hulk has a son named scar and he showed up and like literally there's no, like we're just gonna leave this for some other show or movies problem so i thought that was that was fun fun payoff that i was like Oh, like you said, you're like, yeah, you called it. I'm like, yeah, but it didn't feel very earned at the end of the day. I was like, oh, he's just there for a second. And he's like <laughs> awkwardly silent in the background. Yeah, it makes you wonder, um, is Hulk's son, do we, when we see, you know, uh, Bruce Banner again, is it going to be in a movie? Is it going to be in a series? Mm-hmm. And is it going to be about him going back to Sakaar and collecting his son? Is that going to be the whole movie or is that going to be the first act, and then we'll moving forward past that? So yeah, yeah it does it does but, make you wonder so, what it, what it's happening there. So here, here's the question for you and and, and for for mm-hmm. me: Is this show going to get a season two? You think? Um, and if uh, if not, where do we put these Hulks? Three. We now have three Hulks. We started the show with mm-hmm. one Hulk. We have three Hulks at the end of this show. Where where do they? Where, where do we see them next? Do you think is this a Phase yeah. Six movie that they've not announced yet because of the Universal rights, or what? Yeah, I guess, I guess strategically, right? What do you do? I feel like the best thing to do is you go bigger and badder and more spectacle, and that's to do just like a big old Hulk movie with a mm-hmm. lot of hulking happening in it, smash tons of st- stuff on screen for two hours, and just you know there you go, collect your paycheck, right? Yeah. But also, if you just look at face value i think this show is good enough to get a second season and i think you could explore a lot of things so i guess then you have to be strategic of like oh season two of she hulk before this hulk movie supposed hulk movie is it after um but yeah i i think the i would love them to lean more into like the superhero uh based crimes because i I i always thought those things were really funny um and i think one thing that could help them is like other lawyer type crime detective shows that i've watched you know there is usually one big case that yeah. transpires over the entire season and i think that's something that could help them uh format wise in the second season yeah. drum up like a really big case that takes a lot of work a lot of uh boots to the ground knocking on doors you know a lot of investigation and research have that be your arc throughout the season right and then do like fun you know other yeah. cases because not you know these and i imagine she goes independent right i think they kind of leaned into that that she was going to be starting her own like law practice right so yeah well um, if not i mean I, she's definitely got you know the 
uh, inspiration from Matt Murdock to do so uh, on, mm-hmm. on his own. Maybe maybe she does pro bono work for people who have been affected by you know superheroes mm-hmm. or superheroes who have been persecuted. I, I think you know, like I said, a, a, an arc there. Um, yeah, I, I think there, there's more to it. What I you know again, She Hulk, Werewolf by Night, the last two projects from Marvel have really leaned into the idea of telling a different genre of of story, right? Um, you know, this being Again, like I said, the sitcom or whatever you want to call it, fourth wall breaking, however, just a comedy in general, or and Werewolf by Night being the horror stuff. I think removing them from that, you mentioned the, the Hulk movie, the spectacle, the debris breaking, like like the Thor movie, has been refreshing uh, to say the least. So I really hope that if they do give her another one, that maybe they can pick the actual courtroom, not drama, but courtroom style stuff to include that more because I think it was fantastic when she was with uh, going up against Matt Murdock in the, in the courtroom. It was very fun to see that kind of banter back and forth and mm-hmm. hopefully they can find someone for that. Uh, the last thing I want to say is I really, I love the intro to this being almost a shot for shot remake of the seventies uh, incredible Hulk. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. But what I hate about it is it feels like that's a great idea. Someone had, but didn't know where the hell to put it because it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with this episode. Uh, I was like, maybe that should have been the end of the episode, right? Like the, the end credits are like, you know, this is Jennifer's life now post everything she's going to deal with. Mm-hmm. But like, I loved it. Great. But, um, at the same time, did not felt like really weird. Just put it in the middle of nowhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, was that Lou Ferrigno playing the She-Hulk in that? Oh, um, I don't know. It definitely was not Tatiana Maslany. So it yeah. feels like, yeah, maybe there is some sort of reference happening with who's under that green skin. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, who is this person who's very muscular? And it looked like it was Lou Ferrigno, but it could be, it could definitely be a woman, someone else playing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought that was really fun. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, this is all on Disney plus. If you have Disney plus, which you should, you should go watch this. Oh, I almost forgot, Mike. I got my email to renew my Disney plus for next year. And it's at a discounted rate. If you're part of the three year plan. So, don't miss that discounted rate and get your Disney Plus if you did the three-year plan three years ago. Because mm-hmm. that's a hell of a price. So, anyway, that's the episode for this week, Mike. If people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, my man? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you could read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where are you? Uh, I am right here uh, on the show. Every no, I'm kidding. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Valdan V A L D A N, or Instagram Valdan eighty uh, seven, or you can have a Rad Retro Bros. I just put together some buttons on the two player thing today. It's pretty fun. I'm gonna post some pictures of that later. Uh, if people know more about our show, where they can uh, get us, come listen to our Black Adam review next weekend. Obviously, where they can get all those good episodes at. Oh, all you got to do is visit superheroslate.com. That is the headquarters. That is where our little robot Kevin lives at <laughs> superheroslate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. We'll love hearing from you. Reach out. Let us know what did you think of She-Hulk. Are you enjoying Andor, oh, House yeah. of the Dragon, Rings of Power, all the other thousand things out there? Uh, let us know what you're watching, what you're digging. And if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.